Annie! Be right there! I gotta finish this row! I can't put down this sweater I'm knitting from this gorgeous handcrafted yarn from Blue Mule Fiber. I get it, the yarn is so soft. Buy yourself a skein at bluemulefiber.com. Um. Hey Annie, what's up? Oh, hey Danielle. I was just meditating on my future home. Oh, you should call my friend Anna Brake. She's a real estate agent at Reese Nichols and makes home buying as enjoyable and peaceful as possible. Sounds like the right agent for me. If you're in the KC Metro or want a connection to an excellent realtor in your area, find Anna Brake at annabrake.reesenichols.com and on Instagram at Anna L. Brake. That's B-R-A-K-E. Whoa, where'd you get that kazoo? At the best toy store ever, Brookside Toy and Science. They have toys, games, dolls, collectibles. I'm looking to buy some geodes and a chemistry set. They sell those too. It's Brookside Toy and Science. Visit them online at brooksidetoyandscience.com. Fun and education all in one shop, staffed by toy experts. Ooh, can we go there now? Yeah, I need a new puzzle. While we're in beautiful Brookside, we should go to Shop Girls. Good call. That shop window is serving cuteness. Mmm, great clothes, jewelry, gifts, and accessories priced just right. They've been styling happy women for over a decade. Stop by their storefront in Kansas City, Missouri at 6215 Oak in Brookside East. Or check them out online at shopgirls.com. The Big Cookie is brought to you by proud supporters of Stitching Change. Empowering refugee women and their families. Stitching change into the fabric of our world. Offering one-of-a-kind handmade products. Like that gorgeous purse I see you wearing? Made from reclaimed materials. Available at 10,000 Villages, Unique Finds Gifts, on Facebook, and at stitchingchange.com. Annie! It's me, it's the one. Come on in. This week on The Big Cookie... Annie and Danielle rehash truths they convinced themselves of when they were young. Danielle confronts the death of a loved one and a ghost from the past. And Annie taps into a higher understanding of love, getting crafty with markers and modeling clay. Welcome to The Big Cookie Podcast with Annie Kalaherka and Danielle Anderson. So how was your week? I, I think we both had big weeks. Yeah, my sister got married. Um, so that was great and amazing and beautiful and wonderful. And I kind of had a sort of post last lesson reaction in writing my speech for her mm. or my toast for her, where I realized like just how, um, tied to my sister I am and, um, for better or worse, it was really weird. It's like, I, I even reached out to my dad when I was starting to write my speech because I was like, I'm getting really emotional about this. And this is like a new feeling, you know, that like a lot of these sort of notions you have about weddings and this notion of like giving your, giving the bride away and like all of those sort of, I, I think of as like antiquated and like I never really understood them um notions about marriage and that ritual like actually kicked in for me and it was weird because I had to sit down and like write about my feelings about all this and I started I mean I I struggled to write my speech like for over a few days I kept trying to write it and it's one of those things where it's like you think there's something you should say and Mm -hmm. then there's something that comes up that you want to say and it's just 
I don't know. It's never going to be perfect. It was just like a, a struggle of writing. But when I finally did like the day before, you know, the day we were doing the rehearsal dinner and then the, the day before the actual wedding, sit down and make myself actually do it and type it and everything. I got really emotional and I, I wrote in my, in my book, in my journal, I was like, do I have an agreement with my sister that we're, that I'm going to always be single or that we're both single or mm. that we're both somehow the same? You know, like I think there's a lot, there is a lot there that, is good and bad. It's nice to have someone that you feel very connected to and you feel very akin to, but also I need to make sure that I know I am my own person. You know what I mean? And that I need to separate from that. So it, it, the whole thing is just felt very close to my heart and very in a good way, but also in a bittersweet way. Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome to week three of The Big Cookie. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Annie, I hope that realization you just shared about your sister was more sweet than bitter. Well, some of the stuff this book is having us work through is a bit of a lemon, but I think it's going to help us make some lemonade. Nice. I love that. So for this episode, we're going over the exercises and lessons from week three. During this time, we had already been asking for things to slow down, which is a request and theme for both of us throughout this entire experience. Absolutely. I'm still saying that all the time. Well, what's interesting about all of that is that things have slowed down. Right. We were working through the book in the winter of 2019 and are now editing in the spring slash summer of 2020. And we've been sheltering in place due to COVID-19. So things have really slowed down for us both. And that's a little bit of lemonade for you. Even though this pandemic is just awful, don't get me wrong, It is forcing us to slow down. Right. It's been scary, but there are parts of it I'm enjoying, including continuing the work of releasing and grieving and processing as we revisit and edit these episodes. So let's jump into week three, and we'll start with me telling you about my sister's wedding. It went over really well. My sister was just like a beaming light of love the whole time. I mean, the whole situation was not without its faults. It was like a rocky scenario at the venue, and they didn't have a lot of things in place, but... Um, but Katie just had like, and Scott, they both were just like amazing. They were overly prepared. So they were able to click into gear everything that needed to happen in terms of like setting up cupcakes and flowers and all those details and have a a good sense of humor about all the elements that weren't in place uh, at the venue. Um, but, and I mean, when it came down to it, we just all were really happy to be there and doing it. And, and honestly, it was just like, a loving, lovely, love-filled event, you know? Love, it, was, love, love. it was interesting. I was noticing at the reception, I feel like, so there wasn't a lot of kids, but there was enough kids. You know what I mean? There was like probably 15 kids there, maybe 20. And they were just, just elated, ecstatic, happy. And I think of kids as being these big beings that just pick up on the energy mm. of an event in a way that's like, unfiltered truth meters truth meters that is a very good way of putting it so like by their meter this was like amazing because they were just having the time of their life it was just like they sensed that this was just this gathering of people and family that loved each other and really wanted to support katie and scott and you know so all of that was just lovely i mean i 
my sister just thanked me at the end of my toast, just said, thank you for speaking from your heart, you know, and that's a great way to, yeah, thank you. Yeah. It was a really great, great sentiment. And I did it. It's funny. It's like, oh, I did speak from my heart. Oh, I am operating from a heart opening Mm -hmm. place. So I think maybe (laughs) just as I'm talking to you about this now, this work is sinking in a little bit, you know, like something. Yeah. I'm doing it, I guess. Annie, I love to hear that it went well and that the work from the book is sinking in. Yeah, the wedding was looming over my head for a while, so I'm glad it was a great time. Hey, maybe there's a wedding in one of our futures. Maybe so. Danielle, let's check back in so you can tell us what happened to you this week. I've had a crazy week, Annie. Um, We talked a little bit while we were eating your delicious egg scramble. Uh Um, My dad passed away this week, and... It has been something that he he has been sick, um, very sick for the last year and recently went under hospice care. So it was something I knew would happen and we were sort of prepared for. But you know, when something actually happens, it's different. When the to have it happen um is a different feeling than preparing for it to happen. So that's been a, an interesting thing for me to process this week. This is the first parent I've lost. I would say the second family member I really cared about and really knew well to have lost. So I'm still just like continuing to learn about grief and Mm -hmm. um, mourning and loss. And as we're doing the work of this workbook, it's interesting because a lot of the stuff is going into depth about your relationship with your family and um, forgiving people or or giving people a credit for what they were able to give you when they gave it to you and acceptance. Danielle, I'm still so sorry about this loss. Thank you. It's been several months and I'm still learning what grief is like. And losing my dad during this process made it really hard in some ways, but brought comfort in others. I remember when this first happened, you were struggling with feeling authentic in your grief. Yeah, big time. I was struggling with what I was feeling and comparing it to what I've seen others go through. I wonder if anyone listening has ever felt this way. Let's jump back in. This podcast isn't about grief, but I had this feeling of most people who've lost someone seem to be really sad, really debilitated. Um, They want to stay in. They're crying a lot. They don't want to do regular things or they, they literally can't because they're so wracked with grief. And I didn't, I haven't been feeling that way. And that's been hard for me to sort of reconcile, like, what does that mean? Um, and am I connecting to this loss as much as I authentically feel I can? Or um, should I, is it selfish of me to do something that brings me joy and helps me express myself in a time of grief? And I don't know if you feel this at all with as a performing artist. Sometimes you have a show the weekend something really bad and right. big happens. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, do you cancel the show? Do you get someone? I, I don't know how I would have felt if I had a, a, perform, like a singing performance, mm-hmm. which is what I am usually doing for my job and feel much more used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've also been kind of feeling bad about that like feeling guilty about how I've been feeling my grief and trying to be kind to myself in that and saying Facebook and social media make me feel like I should feel grief in a certain way 
seeing how other people express their grief. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to force feeling more than I authentically feel. Right. But I also admit that maybe I'm not connecting to it or processing it as fully as I will eventually. Right. Can I speak to something you said earlier about grief though? Because I guess I just want to offer you support to be wherever you are in your process with that because I think grief is different for everybody. I had a close family friend who lost her dad years ago and she told me she didn't she didn't start grieving it till like two years after it wow. happened. Yeah. And so she started to catch it, you know, on anniversaries of his birthday or whatever mm-hmm. and she I mean, suddenly was flooded with emotion well after the fact. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. It's, it's, it's completely yours. You're right that I think there is this sort of like, and there is all these processes we put in place to say, here's the funeral, here's the, the viewing or whatever. This is where we're setting aside this time right now to grieve and to revisit and to whatever the ceremony is around it. And all of that is is good and fine to assemble the community and the steps around that, but not all the grieving happens in those spaces either. You know? Yeah. Like this is a thing I w- I went to it. I performed at an improv show last night. I made the choice because it was my first opportunity to do that. And it's something I've been really looking forward to yeah. for the last two months. So I wanted to do it because it, it's important to me in my life. It feels like it's kickstarting, a new phase of my life and I, I I haven't felt like it's definitely been on my mind but it the grief hasn't been overwhelming enough that I didn't feel like I could I couldn't handle it you know yeah I was like I think I can handle this and it's something that feels very important to me so I didn't cancel the show my like I didn't try to get a sub or anything sure um and there was a photo just in the green room uh posted of me like someone was like had a great final show of the decade and I got tagged on Facebook and I was like oh my gosh my family members are gonna see that that I went out and I performed improv comedy instead of stayed home and grieved my father's death and it was and I thought about like untagging myself I talked to the new guy I'm dating a lot about this like what am I doing my what will people think of me yeah and it's like, I made the choice to do that, so I should be fine with people seeing it on Facebook. And if they have a problem with it, I don't blame them. But, like, there's something in me that's like, I want to be proud of my feelings. I always want to be respectful of what other people might be going through. But if I made a choice to do something, I can't pretend like I didn't make that choice. Yeah. I applaud you for doing your show and showing Thanks. up for I your felt life. like a jerk. I really felt like... I felt like people would thought, think I'm a jerk. Yeah. I don't think you're a jerk. I, especially, I mean, yeah, you can't, you, you can't cancel your life because someone died. You know what I mean? There's, people would understand if you weren't to do it or were to back out, but I think it, the choice is yours. You're, you're where you are with it. And if that was the choice that, you felt comfortable with and wanted to move forward with? I don't know. I'm learning a lot. And weirdly, it's not the best time to like start practicing not caring what people think about me. Mm -hmm. But that little thing of being tagged in a photo 
on Facebook that just showed a, a glimpse into like, this is a choice I made to do this. I thought about it a lot. I was, I was like, it wasn't an easy choice for me. I was definitely like, I probably shouldn't do that, but I want to do that. Yeah. So it wasn't that I did it without thought or care. Um, and I made the choice and there's part of me that wants to be like, this is how I'm grieving. Yeah. I'm grieving by living my life. My sister said something that was sweet. She was like, I think you should do it. Cause dad would have like dad lo- would have loved seeing you perform improv comedy. So it's sweet to think of it that yeah. way of like, Oh yeah. Right. They don't, uh, well, I don't know. When I die, I kind of hope people like just want to stay in bed all day. <laughs> <laughs> like I want people to be really sad, but also maybe not. Wow. There's a lot here, Danielle. And I promise I'll be really sad when you die. <laughs> Thank you, Annie. My dad passing away was a huge loss, but the success of the book was really starting to sink in, especially with my new relationship. Right. Your new guy. The process is looking really promising for you, Danielle. Good things were in motion, even though I couldn't quite see it then. Well, probably because of this monkey wrench that's about to get thrown into the works. Yes, a monkey wrench in the form of an email. An email from an ex-boyfriend. But I I got an email from one of my exes. Oh, and wow. it's like, it's one of the ones, one of the big ones, one of the... One of the heavy hitters. Oh, wow. And I got, I saw the email and I didn't, I like, I was shocked. I was like, oh my, <gasps> and I like couldn't even open it at first. And I was like, what is it going to say? And I think it's been about two years since we've spoken. And the last time we spoke, I was like, I can't talk to you anymore. I'm not ready. Like, please don't, please don't try to get in touch with me. I'm not saying that this is forever, but, like, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. And so it was bizarre to get it out of the blue. Mm-hmm. At this time, my dad had already passed away, and I have just met this new person who is really great and a potential candidate to be a significant person in my life. Right. And it felt shocking to me that this other person checked in at this time in my life. Yeah. So this these are all things that are like happening to me right now. And it feels spooky to be doing Calling in the One and have met a really cool dude, mm-hmm. a cool new dude, and then have my old dude get in touch with me. And I'm sort of like, am I calling in too many ones? <laughs> and then also the opportunity to be like... Gut check. Gut check or to really cut the tie. Yeah. To say, like, where where are you now? I don't think it's our time. Like, I'm, I'm really not like, oh, my gosh, we're going to give it another chance. I don't think that that's what is best for us. Me, me and the, the past guy. Right, yeah. Like, I don't think that's what it is. But it's also, like, him coming into my life, I feel like it might be the opportunity for me to go, I, I need you out. I, like... I'm serious. Like yeah. my agreement, my agreement to him is coming back. And this is like the opportunity to be like, you done. I'm going to say you done been blarded. And this is a catchphrase <laughs> that me and my friend made up that makes no sense to you. I'll give you a I little like backstory. Okay. Have you ever heard of the famous Oscar winning film, Paul Blart Mall Cop? Um, yes, I have. Okay. Well, there was a sequel, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Okay. And me and my friend Brandon made up 
it was mostly me, but Brandon went along with it. I made up like a like a gorilla branding marketing campaign for Paul Blart Mall Cup 2. Okay. And the catchphrase was, you done been blarted. And it's basically <laughs> like, you've been schooled, man. You got caught. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I might just write back to you my... Just write, you done been blarted. My, su- <laughs> my <laughs> significant ex-boyfriend, you done been blarted. And I'm sure he'll know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> That's something that makes sense and transcends. You done been blarted. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that awesome catchphrase with us, Danielle. No problem, Annie. Listeners, please feel free to use it to strengthen yourselves and your minds. Paul Blart aside, this email from your ex is huge. What did you decide to tell him? Well, we're going to have to wait till next week to find out. There's so much going on in my world right now, I couldn't deal with it. It was a heavy time for you, but... You know what actually cheered me up this week was finally getting to use my art supplies. Yes, here I am, doom and gloom and death, but you brought some light to this week when you got into these art therapy projects. This exercise from Lesson 17, Transforming an Identity, was to create two figures out of modeling clay. One that represents an erroneous belief that has been haunting your life, and another that represents your true self. Okay, tell me about this. So, the one that's an erroneous belief is named Methuselah and it's like just like dark colors like almost like a shadowy figure like arched over as if it's this because she told you to 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 create an erroneous figure that's like a belief that haunts you you know Mm. so it's sort of this like looming figure like a shadow over me um and I don't I mean honestly she just said like don't think too hard about this. Don't, you know, just let yourself, just let yourself create it. Just let your hands do the work. And I love it. I like seeing the difference. They're sitting next to each other. Methuselah definitely looks like, like, like heavy and dark and like kind of creepy and like the bad stuff. Yeah. And like the bad feelings. Just to tell our listeners, it's like black, gray, brown, deep, deep, deep purple, like intertwined mounds looming over itself. It's almost like an Eeyore figure. Yeah. I think it looks spooky. Thanks. So tell us about the good one. So the good one is like, and I spent a long time on this. I was at home sick, so I really couldn't go anywhere anyway. So it was kind of a good time to get this uh, assignment. So I, I was just like enjoying myself with this clay for a while. And I made all these like thin strips of different colors there's like red and yellow and turquoise and purple and it almost is like I I braided them together and I bound them together because the second figure was supposed to be um what is the second figure is a representative of your true self larger and more powerful than the erroneous belief Mm. so my true self I named euphorica and she's just like a really colorful, almost tree-like yeah, figure. I was going to say tree. Yeah. That has these like braided elements that are leaning into each other and sprouting. And then a lot of like colorful round spheres all around her. And then she's holding up some of the colorful <gasps> spheres. These have been sitting here for a few days. So some of it's I fallen over. But that. I love that it looks like a, tr- a colorful tree, but it looks really strong. Thank you. Like there's strength and the colorful 
spheres are like surrounding it. So it feels like even more rooted. I loved your art therapy projects, Annie. Great work with those. Thanks. Yeah, listeners, we have some pictures of my creations up on our Patreon page for some of that exclusive content. They're really worth a look. I love all that you got out of Lesson 17. I actually gained some interesting ground with Lesson 16, Core Beliefs and Other Distortions of Reality. Mama Kay writes, We are in a constant state of creating our lives out of our words, thoughts, feelings, and actions. They became true for us because we believe it to be so. This week's lessons were really about digging into thoughts and feelings about your family and how your identity is shaped in your youth. Right. What's something that happened when you were young that you still might believe as truth or fact today? Ooh, honey, I got a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Let's jump back into the audio where we both share some examples. As a kid, I remembered I went bowling every, every week or almost every week as a young kid with my grandpa and my sister and my brother. My grandpa was super into bowling. I mean, hardcore. And was in a league and we took it very seriously. And I was, of course, the youngest. And, I mean, we're talking like, I'm like four, five, six, seven, eight. You know, these are like early years. And so he, he took like coaching us on how to bowl very seriously. And, of course, my siblings were, you know, three and six years older than me were great and they picked up on it much faster and I was always like targeted. I was gutter balls city, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like relying on the bumpers too much and he just overly coached me to where it was a miserable process Mm -hmm. for me and it made me feel really bad about myself because he was always comparing me to my siblings. Well, there's, you know, you'll get to be like them, but they're bigger than you and older than you. And I mean, it was too much and it really... It affir- the belief that I came up with around that, and that was just one example, was that they're better than me and that everyone is better than me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so it's this inferiority thing that I've grappled with for a long time. Um, one of the questions is what, what, what was a significant disappointment that I endured in childhood? And some of these weren't easy for me to come up with. Mm-hmm. I I wrote that I was shy. Like, my significant disappointment was I was a really shy kid. And I I was treated as a shy kid, which I appreciate. But I felt like maybe nobody took the time to go, okay, you're shy. But who are you? What can we do to discover who you are? I was sort of, like, labeled as shy. Like, she's just shy. Mm. or like she's she just has a temper i was a shy kid with a bad temper somebody get me a motorcycle and a leather jacket but uh like so instead of i felt like i didn't no one tried to understand me i was labeled but not understood and that's something i still hold on to today of like nobody understands me Mm. like they think i'm one thing and i'm not i'm lots of things and i'm that some days and that some of those so that was like a significant thing that came out for me You've mentioned that you struggle with shyness before. Yeah, I have grown to honor it in some ways, but I find myself clicking into shyness when I feel overwhelmed or anxious. I'm just trying to keep learning from it. That's kind of the point, right? Take a story or an experience where you felt weak or small and try to dissect it to see the truth of what was really going on, which is not always what you thought or took from that experience in the moment. Yes, lessons, lessons everywhere. And how about lesson 19, reclaiming the disowned self? 
This assignment was to draw a simple picture of yourself and add the following qualities. My power, beauty, talent, greatness, ugliness, passion, light, sexuality, anger, love. And we got to use more art supplies. Yay! I didn't do the exercises, but Annie, (laughs) tell us about what your drawing is like. It's a drawing of me in a purple dress covered in green vines. I'm surrounded in orange drawn in colored pencil, kind of like an aura, and I'm holding a royal staff. There's a flashlight, very intentionally drawn, with a focused beam outlined in black sharpie shining away. There are flames that represent my passion, a spooky gray figure that represents my anger, turquoise and yellow lines shooting out, and a sexy purple nymph. There is a picture up on Patreon if you want to see this work of art. But let's focus in on the sexuality. I don't think this podcast has enough of that yet. <laughs> okay, let's jump back in. <laughs> is like, this a sexy yeah, nymph? Like, like a weird spirit nymph like on a beam of my talent, <gasps> if you will. Girl. Crawling towards the fire, a passion. And then anger. Uh, is this like gray, pointy, monstrous beast coming out of my passion or out of my fire? And that that's like an interesting challenge to be like, draw your sexuality and be like, ooh, yeah, I'm just kind of meeting her. And like, wh- how would I draw her? I love your your little pink purple nymph lady crawling Thank you. on the line. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. And then the light is this flashlight to end this. And then the, the love... That was the one I think I enjoyed the most. So I was like, okay, well, how do I layer all this on here? And so I just drew vines around everything mm. because I, I, I don't. It's like weird how these exercises are. I think they could. This I think maybe and she she wanted. I don't know what she wanted. I think they can go anywhere. Or it's very blurry, right? It's just drawing and art and therapy. Art therapy is probably very open ended, from what I know about it, right? Um. And so I think like what I felt like I was drawing was very idealistic because Mm -hmm. like I was trying to like depict it in the most fun way I could with all the markers and colors and such. And so, and I wanted to like embrace this notion that she has in here of like loving your whole self, embracing your whole self, like the dark, the anger, the ugliness, the light, the talent, the power, like all of it. So it's like, I just wrapped, I just drew vines around everything and the vines were supposed to represent like my love and like growing to love all of this art therapy for the win annie your love wasn't just growing and blossoming in your artwork it was happening in real life too oh my god you're right but it wasn't romantic love i was challenging myself to open to a higher appreciation of love what do you mean I find myself having these stupid crushes, like at work. If there's a guy who's nice, I immediately jump to, are you the one? Right. So someone you find attractive might not necessarily be someone you need to pursue. Exactly. So this week, I found myself stopping my usual behavior of forming a crush on someone nice at work and just appreciating him as a person. And furthermore, opening up to the love of the greater public that I saw coming in through the theater where I work. I think it's, I think what I'm noticing, I think maybe it's that I'm like, I've been closed off to just the general, like just general appreciation and love people as they are, especially probably 
the opposite sex because I think I probably put them in a category of like you're a man and I'm supposed like you're supposed to be for this mm. like you're like I, I do value when I have guys that are friends but like I said they're guys that are friends they're not friends wow. you know what I yeah. mean like I think I have this very um sort of singular way of looking at that that is unhealthy that I mm. need to be shedding like it's actually like uh, it's 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 cracking open me and in, in me in a lot of different ways. Like it's weird. Like I've had like oh my god, I'm getting really open on this about this right now. So we're not gonna play all of this, but as I tell more of this story, I find myself getting really emotional. I don't know. It was bizarre. It was like this like and and honestly, like last night at the um, my job where I was working at box office, there were, there was like a few gay couples that came in, these like women that came in together holding hands, and I was just like so touched by their love for each other. Like I just feel like maybe I'm in this space where I need to I need to just like appreciate love and open up to love in like a bigger, more expansive way. Yes. Like I don't know that. I, and I think, like, if I'm being honest, it's like, I don't know how I'm actually going to find someone really true and honestly right for me unless I do that. Unless I, like, see people for what they are and start to be more wholehearted in just my approach in just general interactions. Like, no, there's, there is, there are a lot of, like, wonderful, loving, beautiful human beings out there that you can meet and interact with and like believe that they're there. And that's valid. That's proof that there are plenty of people out there for you. You know, there is mm. someone out there for you. I think that's where I'm at with this. Sorry, I'm crying. I love that you're crying. It's making me cry. I think the work is, is happening. It's like, it's this, whatever we're doing here is doing its job. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's it's unfolding in these weird, mysterious ways that are, like, hard to navigate and understand immediately. But, like, I am noticing it, you know. And I'm so glad, so grateful. Thank you so much, like, for listening and hearing me and mirroring me and all of this because this is powerful work, you know. I still don't think I'm on board with this notion that I'm going to meet, like, my person in the next four weeks, more know, we have. Not that that matters, but that doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not rushing my process right now. It's, it's interesting too to do it in this way. Like, the goal is to call in the one, but really, it's not. Like, the goal is to like you're your one, and yeah. you're cleaning up your drawers and like getting ready, and allowing yourself to see yourself differently and think about love differently. And it's cool to be like, what will this open up in me? And will I learn to like forgive myself and others? And we're doing this work. And yes, it would be great if we found love. But we're finding so much more, which mm-hmm. I'm I'm into. Yeah, I am too. It's hard work. And it's Ooh. weird. It's weird that I'm... But I, you know what? I got to say, I'm like, well, I'm proud of myself for sticking to it. I'm so grateful for you Me because too. I would not be doing this Same. if we didn't have to do this. Like we have really done the right thing to give ourselves accountability. Heads up to anybody who ever wants to do a project like this. Find a beautiful Find a collaborative partner yes. who has a great apartment and makes you eggs. <laughs> If possible. And then find the partner who knows all the things about technology and has all the heart and sensitivity and art therapy skills. (laughs) Somehow. The flashlight. The flashlight. The meaning of the flashlight. Yeah. Find a a friend who has a headphone splitter. Right. (laughs) 
Find your vision keeper. Yes, thank you for being my vision keeper, Annie. Thank you, Danielle. Dang, this week was packed. And we even waited to do the very last lesson until next week. Right, the release ceremony. Mama Kay says the work you have done in the past two weeks culminates with this release ritual. Ooh, looking forward, we'll complete the release ceremony and start week four, which is called setting your course. Here's a little taste of what's coming up in week four. And that night I got out the box and I I got rid of it all. Oh my God, Danielle, that's huge. And speaking of huge... I have a, a huge issue with money and my ability to make money. I think it's like, this book is about calling in the one, but it doesn't have to be. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, your intention could be, I want to I wanna find a, a career or a setup mm-hmm. where I feel like I'm challenged creatively, but also making enough money. Right. So like, I don't like that I keep coming you back You just said to that, like, that made my, my me breathe deeper. Ugh, yes. Don't forget to breathe, folks. Annie, let's end with some of your honest, straight-from-the-heart thoughts about us moving forward. I think, like, all of this, to a certain degree, feels lofty. Like, all of the work feels like, you know, surrendering, releasing, letting go, facing off with all of these demons, all of these things, is the degree to which I am a whole hog going in and able to confront and actually let it all go is not a hundred percent and it probably Mm -hmm. never will be. Yeah. But I think like the high aim is important and valid and like setting whatever that course is the best I can give it is what it's going to be. You know, it's like you were saying earlier, like, Oh, when things slow down, it's like, well, things are never going to slow down. Yeah. This, the course that we set is not going to be not riddled with crap, yeah. <laughs> but we'll still set a course. Yeah. We'll give it our best go. We'll give it our best go. Yes, we will. We'll see you next week. It's going to be a good one. Until then, don't settle for just the crumbs. Special thanks to creative contributor Suzanne Hogan, and of course, the author of the book, Calling in the One, Catherine Woodward Thomas. Order the book and learn more about her at katherinewoodwardthomas.com. Thanks to our Baker's Dozen patrons, Paige, Marie, and Sally. You can become a patron today and get big rewards, including access to photos of Annie's clay creations, her art therapy drawing project, and other fun behind-the-scenes stuff from the podcast. Visit patreon.com slash bigcookiepodcast or our website, bigcookiepodcast.com. While you're out there clicking buttons, please subscribe to The Big Cookie on Apple, Google, or Spotify podcasts. We also want you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and tell everyone you know about us and love us and think we're the best. Deal? We want to give a shout out to Audio Obscura, a super fun podcast hosted by David Martinez and Michael Foster, two of my friends from the improv community here in Kansas City. Each episode of Audio Obscura challenges the hosts and their weekly guests to solve an audio mystery. They play weird audio clips as clues, and you try to guess the source and subject before the episode is over. It's perfect for a road trip, hanging out with friends, or a personal solo challenge. You can listen and subscribe to Audio Obscura on Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and find more at audioobscurapod.com. You can also find this link on the supporters page of our website, bigcookiepodcast.com slash supporters. 
Are you loving this Big Cookie soundtrack? That's my girl, Danielle Ate the Sandwich. Buy her music on iTunes, Bandcamp, and her website, DanielleAteTheSandwich.com. And if you want to keep up with my boo, Annie, check out her website and new blog at AnnieCallaherka.com. You spell Callaherka, K-A-L-A-H-U-R-K-A. Do you want your business to be a sponsor of The Big Cookie? We want that too. Email Annie and Danielle at BigCookiePodcast at gmail.com. 